So, what's happening? What's happening? I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. And after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. I just stare at my desk. But it looks like I'm working. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. Give me the maximum allowable human dosage. Available for download at 6 a.m. Figure out what will kill me and then back it off a little bit. When you say something, it's your word. It's something that you mean. It's something that you're, it's a value. And if you don't believe in it, you shouldn't endorse it. Every Wednesday. At StoneOnAir.com. Ah, don't you love those edits? Well, hey, everybody. My name is Brian Stone. You have found the most listened to, most downloaded, and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. See, Weekly Dose was the Daily Dose, product of the Stone On Air network of shows. Find it in all the podcasting apps, SoundCloud, Facebook. If you want to find it, it's there for you to download or just stream. If you don't want to download or don't know how to download it or whatever, you don't have to. Uh, I do suggest that be a way you you consider doing it because uh, I get more credit that way. The main thing is is that you listen to the show, and I appreciate it. A few things to get to today. In the second segment, this is a two-segment weekly podcast I started last week that will be available every Wednesday, first thing in the morning, uh, middle of the night, really, Tuesday night into Wednesday. Kind of a a weekly, midweek download destination, if you will. The second part of the show, the second segment, I'm going to talk about the bus crash from a few weeks back from Woodmore Elementary. And it's less about that and more about a different angle on driving. The safety aspect of operating vehicles is a cultural, societal, and generational problem in this country, and that needs to be discussed. And I'll get to that here in uh, the second half of the show. In a few minutes, I will uh, recap Main Times 24, at least where I... (laughs) My vantage point, my perspective, which was uh, a little blurred, I will say that. And um, I want to talk about uh, the show coming up this weekend here in the next few minutes as well. Before I get to the Stone's Throw segment, I've got Nick Letzko coming in to do a kind of a pilot version of a webcast, recurring webcast kind of show I want to do going into 2017. That's kind of taking the live from Daryl's house concept and doing live in Stone's Garage. So I'll tell you more about that here in just a couple of minutes. Let's start with Main Times 24. Man, what a day. They just, oh, did they get so lucky and miss out on miserable rain that's been here basically ever since. I went down, I grabbed an Uber at 9.15 in the morning, went down, got dropped off on on Main Street because I said, I'm going to drink all day. Let's be honest. I'm not here trying to screw around with anybody here. I'm not trying to lie or or, or be uh, you know a fraud like half the rest of the world. I'm I'm transparent. I'm gonna drink all day. So yeah, I started drinking some whiskey because it was awfully cold in the morning. At least because that's what we're used to. Um, warmer weather here around here recently with this late uh, arriving winter. And I got pretty blind drunk by the time the day was over. I'm just gonna be honest. So, um, as my friend Brad Steiner on Twitter said, if I talk to you, and he, the time was about the same for me too, if I talk to you after 6 p.m., yeah, I apologize about that. I apologize. That might not have gone that well. Not like I was throwing, you know, punches or cussing and being belligerent. It's just, 
I probably wasn't at my best. But one person I did talk to earlier in the day, well before 6 o'clock, was my buddy Rick Rushing, who was scheduled to be on the Stone On Air local live talk radio show on the old station, Talk Radio 102.3. He was scheduled to be on two weeks after I was fired from that radio station back in June. Go back and seek the old archives if you'd like to know why I was fired. It's actually a pretty good story. Um, and it is nothing for me to be ashamed of. Just those clowns over there. But I had spent all year, six months. The show started in January 16. I spent all year trying to get Rick on. And I, I couldn't because he's busy. I'm busy. And we weren't able to connect. And finally, I got him scheduled. And... He and then I get fired. So I'm hoping before the end of the year, really, I'm hoping for basically um, the week after this coming weekend, so around the 17th, to have him on the show. And if it's not, then we'll try for early January and we'll just go from there. But Rick will be on soon enough. Uh, real quick before I get to Stone's Throw and talking about the idiot box, which has always been talked about as being the television, but I've will argue that that's not the case. And before I get to talking about the bus crash and overall vehicular problems, societal, generational, and cultural in this country, I do want to talk about this one thing real quick. Um, it is Pearl Harbor. Two things real quick. Pearl Harbor Day, it's December 7th, 2016. 75 years since the uh, attack on Pearl Harbor from the Japanese that really catapulted us into World War II. And it's really interesting because now that we're 16, 15 years outside of 9-11, and those are two of the biggest attacks on America, and it's now beginning to be where 9-11-01 is becoming almost history as opposed to memory. Not quite. I mean, most of us, we're still very much memory, but kids that are learning in school. And when I look back at growing up in elementary and uh, intermediate, middle, and high school, I was a disaster of a of a a student, just just disastrous, just terrible. And uh, I did I I wanted to do whatever it took just to get me through the damn class, to get me through the test, so I can get the hell out of here. See you later, bye. Don't care. Except for history and social studies classes. Those two classes, I didn't even have to hardly try, because. I was genuinely interested in it. I, God, I wish I was genuinely interested in everything. I'd be a damn millionaire genius somewhere doing something that uh, actually mattered as opposed to doing a podcast in my garage, but I'll digress from that. The two things I absolutely was enthralled in was really, it was more like one. It was mainly history, but social studies intrigued me and history. And I got A's and everything and aced all the tests not because I wanted to like I tried and studied it's because I really really enjoyed it and I don't think that my generation was taught enough about the beginnings of World War II I think it was more about the ending of World War II it was more about about how we kind of got in there pretty much cleared house took care of business and won the damn war for the world and then started and the, and the big story growing up when you're when you're being educated is post World War II. Because that's when the 
um, when, when America blossomed. That's when America became an industrial powerhouse. And, and, and during that war and, and right afterwards with the boomers, and it was a, a really, really good time in America. And I think more the emphasis when you're learning was put on that and not as much on the beginning of the war and certainly not nearly enough on World War I. And um, it, it's kind of like it's, it's, it's uh, 1700s, then it's Civil War, and then it's World War II, and then it's America's the Best. That's like that's kind of like how we were taught history, little uh, revisionist in some ways. So I don't know as much about world uh, Pearl Harbor as I wish that I did. Be kind of the way that I think in the next twenty years or so, the people are going to look back, kids are going to look back at nine eleven, and they're not really going to understand exactly what it is, other than just this attack that happened. And there you go; it's a footnote. You know, it's history. It's not memory; it's history. And I think that my generation fell into that as we were being taught growing up that, you know, yeah, World War II, here's what happened, here's who won, and then this is what happened. And I don't think there was enough emphasis put on the uh, first 30 years of uh, the 20th century. But that's kind of a side note. So it is December 7th, 2016, 75 years since the attack on Pearl Harbor. And I, I found this from NBC News. Oldest known Pearl Harbor survivor. He's 104 years old. The word survivor seems especially fitting when describing Ray Chavez, a 104-year-old gym rat who defies his age. Quote from Ray, I can't forget it. I never will. He says of the attack, Chavez was stationed at the U.S. Naval Base when the bombing started. I just got emotional that day. There were so many, many innocent people that were lost. And then it goes on, talks about how he's still a regular in the gym, and he's going back this year for the 75th anniversary of the attack out in Hawaii. And one more little tidbit here before I get to Stone's Throw segment. This was sent to me via Facebook, Stone on Air, all one word, any social media. That's how you can find me, Brian Stone. That the Sixth Street Blues, it's the name of a band, it's a Chattanooga teen blues band have been selected to represent the Smoky Mountain Blues Society at the International Blues Challenge, which will be, let's see, da, 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 Memphis, Tennessee in 2017 in February, so a few months from now. Now, normally, okay, great, whatever. Your kids are in a in a competition or somebody's got a show or somebody's in a in a in some something. I get these things all the time. I normally don't pay all that close attention to it, other than I glance at it, take a look at it, listen, and then move along. You know, I mean, I just I, I get these kinds of things a lot. What grabbed my attention on this one was that in this press release, it talks all about the, the kids in the band. It's three dudes and one girl. They're uh, ages 16, 17, 16, and 15. But the photo at the top of the kind of press kit here is photo credit Danny Clinch. Now, you probably don't know who Danny Clinch is, but if you have wandered out, meandered anywhere outside of the mainstream music, video, photo, film world at all, then you have stumbled across Danny Clinch's work before. He's done videos for Alabama Shakes, Black Keys, Tom Waits, Bruce Springsteen. What got my eye years ago was Pearl Jam. He was kind of an up-and-comer in the early aughts, right at the turn of the century, 
and was the official, I don't know what his exact title was, photog, photographer, film for Bonnaroo. Did the first two or three uh, rock docs on Bonnaroo that he directed and, and filmography, videography, whatever all that stuff is. And he's done commercials for Dodge, Gap Clothes, Absolute Vodka, John Varvatos, who is a you know upper end high scale men's clothing designer, which I normally wouldn't care about if anybody's seen what I wear. No, certainly I don't care about that, except that I have a pair of Converse John Varvatos edition, which are very nice and much better than the regular Chucks. Anyway, Danny Clinch is a really, really renowned photographer and videographer and director and everything else. And their photo shoot here for their press kit is photo credits to Danny Clinch. And I couldn't help but see that and think, man, that's pretty cool. Stone's Throw segment right now. Heads up. It's Stone's Throw. What? What? Oh, whoa. Back up the truck. Beep, beep. What are you talking about? Is technology making us mentally ill? Look at me. I'm stupid. I can't do math. This is not making sense to the young adult anymore, and they're tired of it. Does that satisfy you? Are you satisfied now? For years and years and years and years, growing up, I always would say TV was the idiot box. It was a stupid place to be. You know, kill your television. Stop wasting your time watching TV. And the thing was to watch good films, good movies, good docs, good... um, you know, there were some mainstream movies that people liked, but and that were renowned. But overall, you went to you watched you watched a good film, you watched a good movie, a good flick, whatever you want to call it. But watching TV was the idiot box. That's what I called it. That's what a lot of people called it. Well, in the last 10, 15 years or so, that has drastically changed, and I have noticed that. The new idiot box is the big screen. The new idiot box is the silver screen. There is nothing being released in a in a in a, from a mass population, you know, to the main theaters in in regular day America that is hardly ever worth watching. Is that completely true? No, not even kind of completely true. Is it a lot to maybe even mostly true? I'd like to say so. I haven't been in a theater in a decade and a half. I haven't watched a movie that you've heard of in over a decade, probably. And I get people like, hey, have you seen so-and-so? Hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see that? No, I haven't seen that. What is it? Some crappy movie that was released? I don't know what it is. Oh, my God. Oh, holy hell. There's another Batman. Wow, I'm so freaking excited. Oh, man, Transformers 10 is out. Look forward to that. That's going to be great. Hey, Toy Story 6. I mean, give me a freaking break. But what happened to me about five, six years ago was when I found found the show Lost, and it changed my damn life. It really did. It was so incredible. I marathon-watched it. Then Breaking Bad, then Mad Men, then AMC kind of just really revolutionized television. And now you look around because the constraints have been taken off of, of what you can and can't do from a production standpoint, from a dialogue standpoint. The, the shackles have been released, and television, I'm telling you, man, 
There is some incredible stuff out there. And don't waste your time watching these nonsensical Hollywood movies. There is great television everywhere. And I've taken a break recently, and I've just now, from uh, friends of friends and, and, and suggestions over the holidays through Thanksgiving and, and, and whenever else, saying you've got to watch this, you've got to watch this new show, you got to watch that new show, you got to watch this new show. I started the show Mr. Robot. Not going to give you any kind of, no spoiler alerts, nothing like that, but it's another example of how the big screen, the silver screen, Hollywood is mindless, idiot box nonsense, and the small screen, the computer screen, your, 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 your phone, your device, your connectivity is where all the real, incredibly imaginative, incredibly unique and creative stuff that's where you'll find it. This is from Mr. Robot. Again, no uh, no, no spoilers. I just had to play this because this was on the final episode of season one that I heard last night. This is Christian Slater and his character talking to another character named Elliot when Elliot says that none of this is real. You're not real. You're not real. What? You are? Is any of it real? I mean, look at this. Look at it! A world built on fantasy. Synthetic emotions in the form of pills. Psychological warfare in the form of advertising. Mind-altering chemicals in the form of food. Brainwashing seminars in the form of media. Cold, isolated bubbles in the form of social networks. Real? You want to talk about reality? We haven't lived in anything remotely close to it since the turn of the century. We turned it off, took out the batteries, snacked on a bag of GMOs while we... Tossed the remnants in the ever-expanding dumpster of the human condition. Limited branded houses, trademarked by corporations built on bipolar numbers, jumping up and down on digital displays, hypnotizing us into the biggest slumber mankind has ever you seen. Have to dig pretty deep, kiddo, before you can find anything real. We live in a kingdom of bullshit. A kingdom you've lived in for far too long. So don't tell me about not being real. I'm no less real than the fucking beef patty in your Big Mac. As far as you're concerned, Elliot, I am very real. We are all together now, whether you like it or not. Mr. Robot, a USA television show, which in itself to me was amazing that uh, the channel USA would actually put together such an incredible show. Check it out. This is the most listened to, most downloaded, and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. A brand new, cons- well, it's not that new of a concept, but a new uh, series potential pilot this weekend with Nick Let's Go. I'll tell you as soon as we get back. And, uh, and I'm going to talk about, not about the bus crash here a few weeks ago in Chattanooga that killed the kids and that just horrifyingly tragic situation over at, from uh, Woodmore Elementary. But something that's a greater problem, I believe, that kind of wraps up into that same kind of thing. We'll do that next as well. This is a Stone On Air weekly podcast put together kind of in the month of December, whatever. My name is Brian Stone, and I'll be right back. Hang tight. Stone on air coming up. 
I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. And it's filling on air.com. Coming up on this weekend's podcast, webcast that I have in my garage with Nick Lutzko, I'm going to tell you more of the story of this song. It's incredible. It's an incredible piece of history. Going back to what I was talking about, learning about history in school. Sometimes you just need a song to tell you about how the world went because nobody documented it. This is Drive-By Truckers and Raymond Cassiano. More about that coming up this weekend. I'll just give you a quick preview. It's about a dude named Harlan Carter. He was the NRA executive vice president from 1977 to 1985. And committed a crime, certainly, that he got away with. And then I'll give you more about that coming up this weekend. Absolutely incredible. Brad Steiner, my buddy over at Hits 96, is doing his top 10 albums of the years, top songs of the year, and he hates this band so much, and he is so damn wrong. This is one of the best albums of the year, American band from the Drive-By Truckers. My name is Brian Stone, already running pretty late here. I tend to do that. I ramble, and especially when you don't give me a radio clock, and I've got to, like, you know, stop, you know, because there's mandates <laughs> when it's when I when it's my game when I make the rules when it's my decision I can kind of do whatever I want to do but I just for the the second and final segment of of the weekly dose I did want to talk a little bit about this uh, bus crash coming up and and it's less about the crash and more about really what we need to do as 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 a society as human beings as a, as a just an overall kind of a cultural shift on how we handle transportation safety. And I'll get to that here in just a minute. But I do want to mention real quick, coming up this weekend, Saturday at noon, I think I'm a Facebook Live at 2, as a matter of fact. I've got to work on this in the next couple days, but i got Nick Lutzko coming in to promote his Nightmare Before Christmas show coming up at JJ's. He's got another one, I think, down in Savannah. I don't know. We'll get all those specifics coming up on the show. I've got uh, my buddy Ivy who I've just met in the last couple of months since working out at the market, doing the shows live down there from Studio Sam. And a lot of the guys from Sam Killed the Bear local band, Ryan Labor and some other guys, I'm not sure who all is going to be involved, but Ivy does the uh, the editing, and he's really good. And um, he, he works on the cheap, meaning free. <laughs> Ivy's going to come by, we're going to shoot film, and we're going to record a show in my garage with Nick Lutzko and whoever from his band he wants to bring by. We're going to talk about the state of his band. We're going to talk about the shows coming up into the holidays and uh, what 2017 looks like for our buddy Nick. And so uh, that'll be coming up this weekend. So look for a, um, a big production and a big bunch of posts and floods coming from me and hopefully everybody that I'm involved with on Saturday and Sunday. But real quick, we'll talk about this 
situation with this bus crash. And I, I waited for a little while before I did anything because that that's one of those things, you know, oh, I, you know, I, I that's terrible. I, I, I feel bad for you. You can't understand what that's like unless you're involved in it. And there's so many people that tell you what they would have done in situations or how they would have felt in situations. And none of that stuff is fair. And 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 you really but you're allowed to discuss it, but you're almost not allowed to have much of a strong opinion because you, you weren't there. You weren't involved. But I will tell you this and I will. I, I, I don't have to be involved in that situation with that just just terrible tragedy where the was it six? I believe it was six kids died on a road. Tally Road that is windy and and, uh, and and a 30 mile an hour road, which 30 mile an hour is, is probably close to too fast in its own, but that's about as low as you can go. And if you're going 30 miles an hour, you're not going to get in a wreck that kills people. So clearly that wasn't what was happening. But here's what we have a problem with in this country, and it's the lack of concern for bad vehicle operation basically we have lack of concern for crappy drivers all right we just we just do for somehow at some point in the last couple of generations it became some kind of joke it became some kind of like funny laugh it off thing when somebody talks about you know old uh yeah julie over there yeah she's a she, She's a crappy driver, man. Watch out when she's driving. Oh, man. It's just dismissing it like it's no big deal. Old Ronnie, man. Ronnie, watch out when he's behind a wheel. That guy's nuts. He, he, he's, he's, he's all over the damn road, man. That's crazy. Just passing it off like it's nothing. Like it's no big deal. No big deal. And this is only, mostly when you're young. But it gets when you get into your twenties too. You're like, oh man, old Billy, that guy, man, he's he, oh he, he's need for speed, bro. That guy loves to drive fast, man. That guy's all over the place. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Actually, no, it's not funny at all. As a matter of fact, it's not f- funny. It's absolutely terrifying. And this isn't just me being an old guy now, because I'm not that old, and I've been thinking about this for a long time. Seriously, we just act like it's no big deal. That we people just regularly walk around and say, yeah, you know, I'm really not a very good driver. Here, <laughs> if you listen to the old station for years or any length of time, you know what I'm about to say next. There's no such thing as bad drivers, just bad people. If you're not good at driving a car, an automobile, if you can't operate a vehicle well, then you are likely not a quality human being, period. The, 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 your, your deficiencies don't stop at the vehicle. Your deficiencies transcend your automobile operation. It, it, it goes far and wide in your life because you clearly make bad decisions. If you can't, operate a vehicle well why it should be one of the easiest things you do in any given day of your life is drive your car if you can't do it well you can't do much of anything well i don't know how the the driver's test is now 
But I remember when I took mine 20 years ago. Drive up and down Bonnie Oaks, come back, park it, get your license, go home. Kid me? <laughs> what? I, I, I don't have to... I don't, I don't I don't have to parallel park. I don't have to get on the interstate. I don't have to do anything. Again, I don't know what it is now. The fact that we let 15-year-olds learn and 16-year-olds drive is horrifying enough. But the biggest problem we have, and again, this is all, I think, uh, this is not, you know, this is a greater issue when it comes to this bus crash. It's not just this one guy did this stupid stuff. It's a cultural, societal problem where we just think it's no big deal that people don't know how to drive worth a damn. Now, Mothers Against Drunk Driving 25 years ago turned that that into a huge deal, as it should be. But distracted driving is becoming an incredibly increasing problem every single day in the last five, six years. And drugged driving, way more than drunk driving, has become an insanely big problem why? Because this country is addicted to freaking drugs. This entire country is hopped up on every piece of medication or booze or whatever. Very few people walking around sober in this world. It's from Tennessean.com. Drugged, drugged driving overtakes alcohol in Tennessee road deaths. Drugged driving has overtaken drunken and distracted driving as a factor in Tennessee traffic fatalities. The number of deaths from crashes with drug-impaired drivers shot up 89% from 2010 to 2015. 89% in five years, according to an analysis of Tennessee Highway Patrol data. Experts attribute this increase to rising prevalence of drug abuse, especially of prescription medication. This year, traffic fatalities in general are on the rise in Tennessee. This is from WRCB.com from a few months back. Distracted driving crashes hit new high in Tennessee. So how often does distracted driving happen? And what would we find if we just simply watch drivers for three three or four minutes? So some kind of like a correspondence piece with somebody from Nashville. 51 people died in crashes involving a distracted driver last year in Tennessee, according to data from the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. You think 51 people, that's it? Out of the nearly 1,000 or so odd people that died on the roadways, only 51 were from distracted driving? There's part of the problem. Our data doesn't even understand or know how to do it. Don't know how to keep up with this. It's archaic, and it has to be looked into further. As I continue with this piece from WRCB, the ban on texting and driving passed in 2009, but the law doesn't address uh, perusing numbers or even holding a phone in your hand. Lawmakers tried passing a bill this session that would ban all held, held, handheld cell phone use while driving, but the measure never made it out of the committee and it never made it to the floor. Don't drink and drive, but you can use your cell phone and drive. We don't care about that. Of course, distracted driving encompasses far more than just texting, so we wanted to see for ourselves. Again, kind of a on-your-side kind of piece. In most cases, the drivers seemed to be talking on the phone. We spotted others who appeared to be texting, drinking. I think they mean like just drinking water, a cup of whatever's in your car, or looking away. One driver was even checking herself out in the mirror. Surprise, surprise. I'm sure a selfie was coming up soon after that. But under current statute... 
Most of these drivers aren't even breaking the law. Countless drivers passed us with their cell phones out in the open. One man looked down into his lap nearly 10 times as he reached the speeds of upwards of 80 miles per hour. And that, that one just goes on and on, starts giving you all these numbers from all these years. He's escalating numbers of deaths and, and, and injuries and, and, and crashes in Tennessee and across the country from terribly distracted driving. And, and, and I've, got, I've got more than I can possibly get to tonight. But our, our focus, our priorities are on the wrong things. I have this is another thing I might go into uh, on the um, on the on the podcast this weekend, the Stone on Air show with Nick. Let's go in for the webcast. I might not get to more of this this weekend, but I will soon enough. I've got seventeen freaking seventeen pages in my hand of Tennessee cell phone laws and legislation dating back to twenty oh eight, and how long it's taken for these measures and these bills and these concepts and these ideas to get passed by your legislators so what is it what is my point what does this have to do with the bus crash it has everything to do with it we have taken away our concerns for distracted driving for 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 bad driving for under the influence driving all the way around it's turned into are you have you anything to drink tonight what? I don't know. How about have I been on my phone? Oh, I hey, I don't know. How about am I hopped up on meds? Got any other questions to ask? You just got that one to always ask. Have you had anything to drink? Are you concerned about anything else? And this whole concept of, oh, well, I'm just a bad driver. It's, you know, just how it is. If there were other things in your life you didn't do well, let's say you didn't shoot a gun very well, but you like to shoot. Oh, Billy over there, he don't know how to shoot a gun worth a damn, but hell, we let him We let him uh, shoot it anyway. You'd never let that happen. That's the dumbest sounding thing ever. If you had somebody like, man, I, you know, I have a problem with like, when I cook, I, I mix the bleach up with the vinegar. You know, I, I'm, I'm not really all that good at this. You wouldn't let the guy or gal near a kitchen and prepare food for people to eat, would you? Oh man, I suck at boiling water. When I boil it, I you know I splash it all over the scalding hot water. I splash it everywhere. I'm no good at this. You'd never let that person near a pot of boiling water. I understand that this is a stupid comparison, but it's not really. Because when someone says out loud, I'm not a good driver, they are proclaiming to you that they are not good people and they don't take the safety of other people seriously. And that is dangerous. And you should not take that lightly. These cars we get in, I know you think they're cool and they, they get the girls. And you think they, you know, say something really about, you know, about you. What they are is human death machines. And you need to take these things more seriously. It's cultural. It's societal. It's generational. This is a Stone on Air podcast, the weekly dose. The Nick Lutzko live in my garage show will be this weekend. I hope you guys look out for that. I've gone way longer than I was planned because I'm just down here rambling. I thank you for finding the most listened to, the most downloaded, and most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Do not be a fraud. 
the truth is easy to remember. And watch this space. Talk to you this weekend. Bye. What if we're still doing this when we're 50? It would be nice to have that kind of job security. At stoneonair.com.